0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Today we are continuing week three in our series entitled Hark. And as you saw on the video, it highlights the idea that during the Christmas season, life can get very busy. People, pedestrians, traffic, noise, cell phones, texting, You know, on Friday, I was out on the road here and it was bumper to bumper traffic slowed down to a crawl from here all the way going north and it was only 3 p.m. on a Friday. It just seems like during the holidays, traffic seems to increase, doesn't it? Have you ever noticed the closer we get to Christmas, it just seems like there's a lot more car honking and you hear a lot of those noises in the video, a lot of distractions, until the, until the person gets inside the car and the door closes and finally all the noise stops and there's a moment of quiet and you read the word hark on the window. The word hark means to listen or to pay attention and especially during the Christmas season we need a time when we can kind of get away and be still and get quiet so that we can listen. And last week, Armin, thank you, Armin, did an excellent job of just sharing three things that that we also can hear from the archangel Gabriel. Do you remember what they were? One was God's favor, God's plan, and God's reassurance. And because Mary was able to hear that message, she was able to trust God in the midst of a very difficult situation. And if we too will also hear that message because of what Jesus has done for us, that you too also have God's favor, and he has a plan for you. And God wants to assure you of his presence, that you too can trust him even when life gets really crazy. Amen? And so, in week one, the message was listen and believe. Week two was listen and trust because of God's favor, plan, and assurance. This week, the message is listen and obey. Listen and obey. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're even present for us to listen to. Lord, whether it's through your written word or through a dream or a circumstance or a book or a brother or a sister that is sharing your heart, God, would you give us ears to hear? Lord, help us to listen to pay attention to what it is that you want to say to us. God, I pray that your message will be clear. Father, help us to hear. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we're going to take a look at the story of Joseph. Our text begins in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, and we'll read it together. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. We'll just stop there for a moment. I highlighted that last part, verse 19. Her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. I'm amazed, I'm impressed with Joseph's response. And I think you will be too. If you could for a moment just try to take yourself and put yourself in the story and imagine what his circumstance might have been like. Imagine maybe a modern day couple here on Guam and they're in love and they have decided to get married and the wedding, the wedding invitations have even gone out. And they have agreed in their hearts that they want to do it God's way. And they've chosen not to have a physical relationship before they get married. And as the wedding is approaching, one night, late at night, they're having a conversation. And she breaks the news to him that she's pregnant. Now, just think for a moment, what is going on in Joseph's mind? What is he feeling? And what what does he do? And just think of a typical situation here on Guam. If somebody was in a circumstance like that, what would be a common response? What would a person feel or think or possibly do? Did you say pray? (laughs) They, They might get mad. Oh, betrayed, thank you. Betrayed, yes, definitely, betrayed. I mean, Betrayal of the highest form. I mean, betrayal, broken trust is never worse than when it's by somebody that you love. They could, as a result, get angry, get mad. There might be yelling or something worse. What might be worse than that? Curse, hit. In in a worst-case scenario, there have been situations where people have actually killed because of the hurt of betrayal or maybe taken their own lives as a result of the deep pain that they're, experience, they're experiencing. You know, I know that kind of went really dark all of a sudden. You know, you might be here thinking, oh, well, thanks, Pastor Mark, I appreciate it. You know, I was feeling the Christmas spirit up until about 10 <laughs> seconds ago, <laughs> and then you had to go there. <laughs> you no, know, but I just wanted to contrast Joseph's response compared to what are some of the typical responses that might happen for somebody in a similar circumstance? And so for that reason, I'm very impressed with Joseph's response. And to understand Joseph's response even more, I think we need to go back and look at the definition of love. And the best place to do that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter on love. And in verse 7, that, that verse says that love bears all things. And in the original Greek, that word means to cover. It's kind of like covering somebody else's faults or errors. Uh, the NIV translates it this way, love protects. And, and so that's the heart uh, behind Joseph's response here when it says being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame. You know, if you were at a wedding reception and maybe your spouse came back to the table for seconds, they went to the dessert table and they got a whole, maybe they had this weakness for chocolate, okay? And they got this whole plate full of chocolate cake and sat down at the table and one of the people sitting at the table with you goes, whoa, you're gonna eat all that? And as a spouse, what do you say in a moment like that? I know, right? I told him, but does he ever listen to me? Or could you protect and kind of cover up this thing and go, yeah, you know, my husband, he got some for me too and our family because we're going to share. And so then you protect, right? You cover. Love protects. That's the heart behind what Joseph is saying here. Unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. Joseph loved The other thing I want us to see, well, we'll go on in the story and see what else that we can learn from the story of Joseph. We'll go into verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Now, I want us to focus our attention on the highlighted part. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Now, Joseph didn't wake, well, I think one observation I wanna make from this is that Joseph's obedience was immediate. His obedience was immediate. You know, he didn't wake up from that dream and go, wow, wow, that was really interesting. You know, I think I'll buy myself a journal This dream stuff is really cool. I think I'll start journaling and I'll pray about it. And maybe I'll do a Bible study and do some research on the symbolism of angels. No, he didn't go through any kind of psychological gymnastics. Joseph, it says he woke up and he did what the angel said, period. He did what the angel said. His obedience was immediate. There was a little boy named Johnny, and uh, Johnny was playing in his bedroom upstairs. And his mom called out and said, hey, Johnny, I want you to get ready for bed now. And he said, okay, Mom. Johnny's about seven years old, and and he's smart. He knows that based on that tone of voice, he's probably got about 20 minutes. (laughs) So about 10 minutes later, Mom says, Johnny, are you getting ready for bed? And so based on that tone of voice, now he knows he's got about 10 minutes And so five minutes later, Mom goes to the door and says, Johnny, I told you to get ready for bed. What are you doing? Now he knows he's got about five minutes left. And so she goes down the hallway. She turns around, comes back in a couple minutes. She goes, young man, I told you, get ready for bed. Now he knows he's got about one minute left. (laughs) And so she looks back to see if he's doing, and he's not moving. And she goes, that's it, young man. I've had it with you. And she starts walking across the room, and Johnny jumps up, and he goes to brush his teeth, put on his pajamas, and gets ready for bed. Now, Johnny eventually obeyed what his mom said, but did he honor her? No, he didn't honor her. Real obedience is immediate. And immediate obedience honors God. Immediate obedience honors God. The other observation that we can make from this story is that obedience is costly. And think about Joseph's circumstance for a moment. Once he had the dream, and it says he decided to obey immediately, imagine the conversations that were happening in his circle of influence. Imagine sitting at a dinner table one night, and he's talking to his parents, and he breaks the news to them that, yeah, Mary's pregnant, but we're still going to move forward with the wedding. I mean, what are his parents thinking? They're like, what? Joseph, what? I thought we raised you with better sense than that. You know, Joseph had to live with that. Or what about conversations with his friends? Or the neighborhood? They're like, yeah, we heard, uh, yeah, we heard. You know, Joseph and Mary engaged, now she's pregnant, hmm. You know, Joseph had to live with that. Obedience is costly. A couple other examples in the Bible where you can see that obedience is costly. Uh, Moses, for example, Well, let's start with um, Abraham. Abraham is considered the father of faith and he was listening to the Lord and the Lord said, I want you to take your family and I want you to move to a land that I will show you. I'm just imagining what that might be like to go to his family, talk to his wife, talk to his kids. He had servants as well and say, hey guys, guess what? We're moving. They're like, really? Where? Uh, I don't know, but God's going to show me. And they're like, I don't know about this. But he packs up the crew and everybody, I could imagine them three, four days journey into the hike, sitting around a campfire. So uh, Abraham, where are we going? I don't know, guys. God's going to show us. Uh, Well, could you at least tell us where is the next watering hole? Um, Well, it looks kind of green over in that region. How about if we hike that way and we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works out? You know, Abraham had to live with that kind of stuff as he tried to obey God. You look very weird sometimes when you're living by faith. Obedience is costly. Moses, he was told by God to go and talk to Pharaoh to release his people. And so Pharaoh obeyed. He went and talked to Pharaoh. What did Pharaoh do? He said, just for that, everybody's workload is doubled. The whole nation of you. Then Moses had to go back and face the leaders of the nation. And they're like, Moses, what are you doing? You're just messing up our situation. Why did you even come here? They were mad at him. Obedience Is costly what would have happened if Adam had obeyed God you ever think about that question what if Adam had obeyed God Eve would have had to leave and he would be all by himself and he would have lost the only woman he ever knew (laughs) obedience would have been very costly obedience would have been very costly So here's the thing. If obedience is costly, why would anybody want to be obedient? Although obedience is costly, the reward far outweighs any cost that you may pay. Abraham chose to obey God. It was hard to get out of your comfort zone, to be walking in the hot, dusty desert to someplace you don't know. But he later became the father of the nation of Israel. And all those who would live by faith. You know, Moses, that was hard to go and do what he did and to face the opposition of his own people and to go through all the hardship that he did. But then he was able to experience the greatest miracles ever accomplished by God. And he was able to see his people set free from slavery after 400 years. Amazing. Amazing. Joseph, he went through a very difficult circumstance to be able to to obey God, but he had the privilege of being able to raise Jesus, God's own son. The reward will always outweigh the cost that you may have to pay. You may have circumstances in your life where you feel God is leading you to do something but it's not easy to do there's a cost but i just want to give you assurance that if you choose to put god first and follow him the reward will far outweigh any cost that you may pay you know when i was a young christian in college just experiencing god for the very first time i tell you it was hard i mean god was changing my priorities and my values it felt like my world was turning upside down My relationships were changing, the people that I was hanging out with, the things that I would do, um, just what was going on inside me. Everything felt like it was in turmoil. It was hard to change my lifestyle. And yet when I look back on it now and I see God gave me a wonderful wife and two amazing kids, Nicole sitting in the back there, Tara will be here next week and he gave me the privilege of being able to serve here in this wonderful church family. Man, if I if I had known that back then, hands down, not a question, I would trade it any day. But you know the thing about living by faith? You don't know what the reward's going to be. God is asking you to choose now before you know, otherwise it's not faith. You know, oftentimes we want to get it all figured out, right? We want, the, we want to, God to answer all the questions first. Okay, what does this mean? And then I'll think about it. <laughs> you know, but God says, no, trust me first and trust me for the results. I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. Amen. If I could put this message in a sentence, it would be this. Joseph honored God through love and obedience. He honored God through love and obedience. I want to encourage us just to uh, take some time to ask the Lord, you know, what is he saying to us? And so if you would, I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you for Joseph. Lord, thank you for his example. And in the privacy of your heart, if you would just ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me? How does this apply to me? Apart from faith, we can't please God. We need to choose to put him first and follow him. Even though we don't understand everything about the future. Even though there's doubt, questions. God is inviting you to trust him. So just take a moment to say, Lord, what is it? What is the step of faith that you're asking me to take? about the cost, God will take care of that. His reward is always greater. Lord, I thank you for each person here. God, I thank you for being present in their hearts, in their minds. Lord, thank you for what you're saying and what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would help each one to trust you. Father, I pray that you would allow them to be still and to hear and to obey. And so if you would, whatever it is God's asking you to do, just take a moment to respond to him. If you're ready to do that, go ahead and respond to him in your heart and just tell him what it is that you're deciding. Lord, I thank you for the decisions of faith being made here right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would seal it and that you would empower each person to be able to live it out. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'd like to address another segment in our room here today. There may be some of you, as I'm talking about experiencing God, that that's something that has been on your mind and on your heart recently and you're here today because you're seeking, and you realize that God is the one that you need. And if you've never made a formal choice to invite God to come into your life, if you've never made a conscious choice to open your heart and say, God, come in and be a part of my life, I wanna give you a chance to do that today. It's real simple. It's just a matter of making the decision and then expressing that to God. That's what we call prayer. And so in a moment, we're gonna pray together. I'll pray out loud, you hitchhike on my words, God will hear you. But before we pray, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And I have a signal for that. If you would simply look up when my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're gonna pray together. And so if that sounds like you, if you you feel like God's been tugging at your heart and he's drawing you to himself and you wanna make that choice today, God, I'm here today. Lord, I'm responding to you. I've sensed you trying to get my attention. And as a result, God, I'm making a decision to say yes to you. Today, I'm making a choice to open up my life and I invite you to come in to be my savior, to forgive me. Lord, you know the things I've done, things I'm not proud of, and I ask you to forgive me for every single one of them. And God, I ask that you would cleanse me In fact, I just want you, if you're praying that prayer right now, I just want you to receive God's forgiveness. His spirit is here. His spirit of forgiveness, his grace is here for you to cover. We talked earlier about love covers. Jesus is here to cover your sin and to cleanse you. And just to receive it, just receive it by faith and let it go. God forgives you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of these who are making this choice. And Father, I ask that you would seal them in your love. Nothing would be able to separate them from your love. God, I ask that you would reveal your presence. And Father, I thank you for coming into my life and forgiving me, and I ask you to make me the person that you designed me to be. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.